Book genres are so 20th century. No, 19th century. They made sense when each book needed to be placed on a physical shelf so people could find similar titles. But what if you want to find a vampire romance, a post-apocalyptic comedy, a Western mystery where the main character is an android, a World War II adventure with magic, or a story based around a character of any race or religion or gender, set in any time or any place you choose. Scribble now brings searching for books into the 21st century, even if you're looking for one set in the 17th. Find the books you'll love by selecting the story elements that matter to you at scribble.com. You'll never look for books the same way again. Search by story elements only at scribble.com. That's S-C-R-I-B-L dot com. Erosion. Chapter 10. I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of this earth, for I am sorry that I have made him. God. Gary sat on the fabric bench waiting for the audience to arrive. He was nervous and fidgeted while he waited. He felt alone in the dim lights. At the same time, although no one was left on the set, he felt exposed. There was someone else there, but he couldn't see to the back of the studio. Whoever it was, he didn't like the feeling it gave him. The dark person was not his friend, not by a long shot. This was someone who wanted to do him harm. He tried to put it out of his mind, but he broke out into a sweat every time he thought about the moment to come. It was something he'd been waiting years to happen, and today was the day. The silence in the studio, although spooky, was soothing. He barely heard the rain in here. No smell of must in the floorboards, or the constant hiss like voices whispering in his ear. There was the sound of footsteps approaching from off stage, and he heard her sweet voice. Oprah was coming to interview him for her show. She wanted to talk to him. He straightened up in his seat and flattened out his tie. There was only this one opportunity to impress her. Don't tell too much at once, he thought. Let her talk it out of you. The lights flashed on, and there she was sitting next to him, smiling. He didn't even remember her walking in. Perfectly straight white teeth flashed for the sharp silhouettes that populated the audience, barely perceptible past the hot set lights. When did they get here? Was he daydreaming? Did she speak to him yet? He didn't remember but vowed to stay calm. She was introducing the show for the camera and the audience. White rays filled his vision. No matter, as long as he could see her. 
Water dripped down his head and caught in his brow. A drop fell on his lap and left a perfectly round mark on his gray suit pants. Damn, he thought. She'll see that. Damn rain. Today on the show, we have a very special person who needs to share his story, and you need to hear it. Gary Connors is an Oneida American from New York State. He was a young boy when his parents, forced to work in a local sweatshop for very little money, were forced to send him to the Indian boarding school for Oneida children. That school added one more R to the program besides reading, writing, and arithmetic. They added religion. Gary was a willing and exceptional student of all four R's until the owner of the company began visiting young Gary. Gary is one of many Native American children who fell victim to abuse by the white people who took over Native lands and tried to convert the Oneida to their values. Although this particular person was not a true believer or follower of God's word, he was a sinner. But we'll let Gary tell his own story. Please welcome Gary Connors to today's show. Hello, Gary. Hello, Oprah. He was nervous. He thought that he stuttered when he talked. Now, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. You are a descendant of the United Indian Tribe, is that correct? Yes, Oprah, I am. The Turtle Clan. So I assume that your parents tried to raise you with that sense of history, attachment to your Native American culture? My parents began that way. But when they went to work for the factory, things changed. For the better? At first, yes. We had some money coming in, and my father took me out to buy me my first American toy. I was fascinated by the town of Canyon Park. That's the neighboring town outside of our reservation. Up till then, I'd never stepped foot off the reservation. Can you describe for the audience members who may have never been on a reservation or read or heard anything about one, what your particular reservation is like? Our reservation is small. It's like a remnant of the large reservation that the Oneidas were given by the government. Over the years, the Oneida migrated to Wisconsin by Green Bay. Some stayed behind and built a larger tribe from their small reservation through purchases and lawsuits against the government. Oprah looked at him with her brown eyes, her sympathetic smile on her lips. So some Oneida succeeded on the reservations. The Oneida eventually opened a bingo hall that brought in money. Then, as the Oneida became educated, some became lawyers and fought with the reservation to sue or buy back land we once owned. Oprah nodded her head. We're a little further south and west in New York. I wouldn't say we were forgotten about, but... With everything the larger tribe tried to accomplish, our little reservation stayed somewhat in the past. Tell us about your particular village, the Turtle Clan. We have a center that is still set up like a typical village you'd find 100 or 200 years ago. A few longhouses and meeting areas and such. On the outskirts are rows of homes. Some are trailers, some cabins, some regular houses. Some homes are nicer than others. While the larger reservations are very modern, ours is still very entrenched in the old ways. Most of us still follow the old religion of the Iroquois nation. We work together very well now. That's not to say that we don't have our problems, obviously. Obviously. I say that only because I know what is coming next. Now, many of the people on your reservation worked for a local company owned by a wealthy family. 
Yes. I'd say at one time, when I was a boy, 90% of the Anitas worked for the Lalos in some fashion or another. The Lalos being the local family who owns almost everything in town, even to this day. So this scandal never really penetrated their hold on the community. Not yet. Yet, there are things happening now that may help expose the demons they unleashed on the Anita. Now I thought you said the United Tribe in your area was successful. I said comparatively. Also, I think a major portion of our success has been the propping up of the tribe both financially and politically by the Lalos. For what gain? Fodder. Fodder? The Lalos keep everything around the reservation status quo, so they can tap into a cheap labor pool. I see, and so this disturbs you. Not by itself. They've done some good on the surface, but like some people say, it only takes a thin layer to cover a stink hole. I never heard that, but I see what you mean. Now, what is your personal story? My story is not unique, although for many years I thought it was. Tell me about it. I think you already know everything. Yes, but the audience doesn't. Besides, I'm here to help you, Gary, and sometimes talking things out helps. It makes me uncomfortable. I know, but it needs to be said. You know I'm here for you, Gary. Her every movement was graceful. She spoke to him directly about his problems, his joys and sorrows. She was a sympathetic listener, always willing to give up some of herself for those who watched her shows. I know, he said. Go on, Gary, Oprah said. She was like an angel, the epitome of the good spirit. Tell me about what happened in the Indian boarding schools. He loved her. Even when she stared directly at him and pierced his heart, he still loved her. For how could one not love the messenger of God? Most people missed her message. They did not hear the word like he did. They did not feel her around him, over his shoulder as he ate breakfast or slept. She did not tell them how they can make this world better. I know what you do, Gary. Let me help you, she whispered. Remember that woman I helped who cannot stop yelling at her children? Remember the husband who mistreated his wife? I helped them all become better people. I understand. Her voice saved him from all those other demons in his head. The Indian spirits infected his soul. The Lalos thought they beat it out of him. They thought that when they took a young boy from his home and his parents, that they could extinguish those pagan spirits. They failed. He was sure all they did was make those voices even louder. If you don't address those old feelings, they'll consume you, she said, patting his leg. It tingled where she touched him. The old man smelled like vinegar all the time. He thought he'd cry. He never told anyone that before. The smell got stronger when he became excited. I had my own room. I thought it was special because of it, but the other kids told me that it wasn't a good thing, that there was strength in numbers but I didn't know what they meant. Great Spirit, help us. They took me from my home on the reservation when I was seven. I wanted to go, because some of the other children went there too. It was a special place where you learned all sorts of new things. There was religious class that taught me all about the good Lord and his son. There was school, which wasn't offered to any of the Anida unless they went to the Lalo Special Institute. 
I learned about American history, how my ancestors were savage and mean to each other until the Europeans came and converted them to Christianity. For a long time, it was great living at the Institute. My parents barely visited me there because they told me that they were very busy working at the Lalo Rubber and Tire Plant to pay for my education. It was all perfect because when I left school, I thought I'd be just like a white person and get a good job. Often when my parents came, they looked tired and pale. Everything was still perfect, though. I was the best kid in school. I was small then, not like now, but I learned quick. When I got my own room, the other kids stayed away from me, and I couldn't figure out why. Not until old man Lalo came to my room one night and did things to me. I never imagined a grown-up could do things like that. The other boys knew what was happening. The teachers knew. Everyone knew. It was so against everything they taught about God. It was so scary when that old smelly man touched me between my legs and kissed me like I saw men and women kiss on television. That's terrible. How did you survive? My solace was education. If I had to endure the old man that I knew in the end, I'd be rewarded for it. You see, every night I prayed to the Great Spirit, and every night that old man still came to me. I prayed to God and everything, but he still came. I put up with the torture until one day old man Lalo didn't look at me the same way anymore. I was afraid that meant my education would end, but I continued through high school to graduate. Maybe he knew if I was thrown out I'd talk. Better to keep me in school since that was what I really wanted. Then they stuck me in the same factory that killed both my parents. I worked there saving everything for a chance to buy some land to farm and get away from the Lalos forever. Liar! A figure stood up in the audience. Gary couldn't make out who it was, but the outline was familiar. I was, I was there, there and he enjoyed, enjoyed it. He loved, loved it when, when the old man, man would touch him. He told, told me that he'd let, let old man Lalo do anything he wanted as long as he could stay in school. How does he know that? I never told anyone that. Is that true, Gary? Oprah asked. The question was so pointed. What would she think of him? He couldn't tell her the truth. She'd be disgusted with him. Someone else stood up. I know his heart and he is a good man. It was Deganawida, the prophet who helped Hyanwenta bring peace to the warring tribes of the Iroquois. He was treated terribly by the white man. The other figure held a fist to Deganawida. Sit, Sit down. down. You, you know, know nothing, nothing of these things. things. You, you make rainbows and birds. I make fungus and creepy things. I make the belly of the snake drag the earth. I know what he thinks. It was the bad spirit. Gary can make out the ancient native warrior's dress and the silhouette. He is a good Oneida of the Turtle Clan, Deganawida said. The bad spirit punched Deganawida. They struggled. It looked like Deganawida was throwing more punches. The bad spirit shadow fell to the ground. Come to me, Gary. I know your heart. I know your secrets. The bad spirit said from the floor. I understand you. Don't listen to him. He's the bad spirit, Oprah said. I understand you. Gary couldn't believe she knew about the good and bad spirits and how they struggled for his heart. Was there anything she didn't know? 
Gary, look at me, Diganawita said. We don't care what you did. Believe me, we understand. We who brought peace to our people still have room for you in heaven. Remember the great laws that we wrote for the people. Remember that killing is not a good thing to do. Remember the good words of Handsome Lake who came after us. The bad spirit laughed. Handsome Lake, the the fraud, who who sold sold out our our real beliefs for for some Quakers. Quakers. Handsome Lake, the the coward who made Odenosani men men give up up their their hunting hunting ways for growing like like the the white white man. He He made made us white. He destroyed the original people. Handsome Lake saved us, Deganawita shouted. He pushed Bad Spirit off of him and stood up. Handsome Lake made us strong despite the white man's lies. He made us like them, Bad Spirit said as he stood. He made us weak. Deganawita pleaded, but the audience laughed and laughed at him, drowning out his speech. The figures in the audience became every European politician, every general or captain or missionary who did wrong to the natives. Lali Wahawi, Oprah said. Gary's eyes went wide. Lali Wahawi, she said again. He has something to say. He woke up and opened his eyes. The lights were gone. Oprah was gone. Everything was gone. The television flashed at him from the other side of the living room. Some type of commercial played selling hair products. The rain drowned out the sound. He left the door open again and fell asleep on the couch. He inspected his hands in the blue television light. No blood tonight. He turned from the television to look at the flooded land that was his farm. It was all sunk. It was over. Who are you, my creator? He asked. Everything he built was torn away. Somehow, it was that old man's fault. He dirtied him in the worst imaginable way in the eyes of God. If he was to cleanse his soul, he had to do it all as instructed. He is always with you inside of you. He walks the path next to you, as do I. I will stand between you and him. You see me in Watasatala. You know I am stronger than some old white man. My people were enslaved too. I understand. Oprah's voice soothed him. For that, he was ever thankful. She understood his pain at the hands of the old man, but he couldn't always block out the other voices. They were too deep. They sat in places she could never go. You do not have to go down there. Stay here with me. Stay with the Watasatala. The white people called it conversion and cleansing when they took Oneida children. The devil speaks with a forked tongue. With one side he lies and the other he makes you believe them in the worst way by telling you just what you want to hear. Old man Lalo was the devil in the garden of the original people. Gary intimately knew the lowest of acts thanks to that evil man. He turned off Watasatala, the television. He gathered all the things he needed. It wasn't much, fitting all of it neatly inside a small knapsack. The great spirit spoke his final command. The rain was the portent. The white man broke the covenant with God. The Milky Way, the path to heaven, was covered with clouds all the time. It was the bad spirit who infected them. But wasn't he the child of the mother of the earth? Wasn't everything connected? You must go away. They will will take this path to your house. Your mind is open to all the white men. Gary listened to the bad spirit and laughed.
Illusion by Lon S. Cohen. To find out more, please visit www.coincide.blogspot.com. This patio book is a production of Zilco Studios. <laughs> this production is a production. <laughs> okay.